Here we are, Brendan, in episode 38, uh, The Birth of Evil, part two. Ooh. I know. Very exciting. Uh, Last week, wink, wink, we talked about (laughs) The Birth of Evil, part one. We mentioned in last week's episode that we were recording these back to back. So it's been not even three minutes since we stopped recording the last episode. No, not even. (laughs) Very small time. But welcome back to the show, everybody. I hope you had a great great week. I hope that this snowstorm that's still raging outside at this moment didn't turn out to be a bigger deal than we thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Haven't lost power yet. Fingers nope, crossed. Maybe st- I shouldn't have said that, but <laughs> knock on wood. Uh, I don't have anything exactly wooden very near me. Um, so we're just going to skip that and hope Roll that I haven't I angered it. the gods. I knocked okay, on wood. You. So don't You're the one who said it anyway. Yeah. So. <laughs> Episode 38, we are here on The Birth of Evil, Part 2. The episode opens up with a previously on. It shows us the recap of last week's episode. Previously on Gotta Recap. The quiet of space, indescribable black blob. The gods are like they're hunting this thing. A piece just spinning away further and further starts to enter the Earth's atmosphere. Dinosaurs! The dawn of man. Death. Rows and rows of trees. The emperor shoots that arrow. Our boy is alive. Aku's here. Not necessarily helpful for you and me in this moment, but helpful for our listeners, certainly, just to give them a recap of of what they saw last week. And if you're listening to this episode before you listen to last week's episode, you're making a mistake. Yeah, what are you doing? You're not welcome here. Yeah, listen to them in order. This is a a serialized podcast. You're a freak. You're just a freak. (laughs) Anyway, in papyrus font, the words, the birth of evil part two appear on our screen. Still sticking with the papyrus. Oh, yeah. Now, is this recap something they added when they split the episodes up for repeat airing? Or did this happen during like the special, do you think? I think it must have been for repeat airing because the runtime of this episode on HBO Max is actually like 23 something as opposed to 22, which is the runtime of every single other episode. Okay, yeah. So this Um, must have been added in. I think so. It wouldn't really... It wouldn't really make sense if they had done this because they did show both of these episodes on the exact same day. Right. Back like back to back as a special. Right. right. So that would be although, you know, maybe they preemptively did that knowing that they would be split up perhaps mm-hmm. in reruns. I don't know. Hard to say. Yeah. Either way, I appreciate I'm sure everyone appreciated it if they watched these episodes in two separate weeks as opposed to what you and me are doing right now. Yeah. Anyway. That was last time. This is this time. Uh, A bell rings in the city and soldiers rush to grab their weapons and they run outside to an unknown foe. And it is Aku. He's arrived at the city and is just destroying it. Um, And as we've seen before, their spears and arrows are completely useless uh, and Aku like absorbs them all into his body and fires them back at the soldiers and then blast them away with his laser eyes. They're not sure how to fight this thing. They've never seen anything like it before. Yeah. It's very much the same, uh, like kind of scene as episode one when he almost the city one to one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you would think that like they remembered what happened here and then they they wouldn't do it again. (laughs) Yeah. 
five to 10 years in the future. Yeah, they tried the exact same tactic and it didn't work. <laughs> well, it's not like everyone in the city can constantly be equipped with a magic sword. So right. Yeah. They don't have an armory of those things. There's Dude. just there's just the one. They probably should. They should have gone back to the monks, got some arrows or something made up. Well, I mean, hey, God, the last time a monk made an arrow for uh, this, this civilization, <laughs> look what happened. They they made the guy. <laughs> That's true. It's that monk's fault, really. It really was that guy's fault. Like, should have researched a little bit, should have at least had some idea, maybe tested it out on like one of the trees just to like, <laughs> like when you buy like a, like a cleaner and it tells you to use it in like a inconspicuous area on your wall so you don't ruin your paint. In case it strips the paint off. Yeah. Exactly. Should have done something like that, but no, they went straight for it and it did not work. <laughs> he was so confident that that was going to work. <laughs> like, uh, not this time, unfortunately. Um, yeah, Aku is just fucking these soldiers up. There's, you know, they stand absolutely no chance. And uh, he's wreaking havoc on the city, carving through the soldiers with his lasers. I think I hear in the background, I think I hear the Howie scream, which is yep. the scream that's not the Wilhelm scream, but the other one that's more guttural. Yep. You know what I'm talking about? And I'm pretty sure they played that one in the previous episode as well during the okay. uh, the scene where all the... the the soldiers are getting knocked off all their horses towards the end. Yeah. They played okay. it then as well. <laughs> they should do it every week. Every, well, actually, uh, there's a very funny bit that happens at the end of this episode with repeated screams that I don't know if you noticed, but we'll, t- we'll talk about. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's just taking these soldiers down and uh, the tower, he towers above the city and cackles as he did in episode one of this show um, and just continues burning everything down as the camera pulls way far out from the city and back into the black tar lake and the, the spiky tree forest way off in the distance where the emperor is still restrained against that big giant tree. And he hangs his head in sorrow and has like given up and is now forced yeah, to watch the destruction of his people, including his own pregnant wife who was in the city. Mm-hmm. Very sad. Like his his world is gone, and Aku, as punishment, like is making him watch. It's, yeah, <laughs> chains him to a tree and makes him watch it happen. This is like the original. This this black tar pit is this the original pit of hate? Oh, you know what? Maybe it is. Maybe this is the pit of hate. Yeah, he sends I, people there to torture them. I hadn't considered know. it, but very much could be. Yeah. Oh, I hope that little fish guy is doing okay because he did <laughs> promise that he would release him eventually but he didn't yeah. say how long it was going to be no i imagine a long time though we also don't know how long jack's been in the future for that's true it could I, could be years yeah we don't know we don't know perhaps eventually we'll find out who knows this is a bit that we did i mean <laughs> if you're listening to this in a week this is the same bit where we're doing where we're questioning everything knowing that like eventually we will get, we will get answers <laughs> knowing full it, well that it's going to come back yeah if it wasn't funny last week is it funny this week i, don't I think know, so. right i think i think it, it, it's like a cyclical thing it's like funny and then it's not funny and then we keep doing it and it gets funny again comes back around the other side and yeah, yeah. then now it's everyone's busting up <laughs> and that's the end that's how jack dies <laughs> I've played Assassin's Creed before. <laughs> I don't know if we anyway, have any more of those. <laughs> I'm sure I'll I'll yeah. 
I've been saving a few. I got a few in the chamber. <laughs> Actually, don't think I do. Doesn't matter. Um, the camera pans up to the sky above the emperor who's, yeah, just in this scene of total sorrow. The camera pans up above and a beam of light shoots down from the gray clouds above him. And he doesn't notice as that light hits the ground and like these wispy blue little cloud trails start like flowing in his direction. Um, The clouds surround the tree and a giant beam of light shoots down from the sky. Uh, The emperor still completely aloof to like all of this, this clouds and beams of light completely like encompassing him now. Yeah, (laughs) it's very hard to miss, but he somehow does that's you know he's kind of blocked out everything else right now he's deep in his thoughts he's a bit distracted yeah he's going through some personal stuff um yeah he doesn't look but the sound of a neighing horse rings out and some hooves start to stomp onto the ground and uh, as they do these vines grow up around them and like surround the hooves Mm -hmm. and a gigantic White horse blows air into the emperor's face and he slowly starts to wake up and look up at the scene around him and he gasps as he's face to face with a gigantic white horse, which we recognize as Odin's horse from the birth of evil part one. Yep. He's back. Still very cool. There's the guy. Love that. Love that damn horse. He got too many legs. He's got a lot of legs. It's not natural. Um, He does have cool blue mohawk Mm -hmm. um he's fucking huge yeah oh yeah just good uh brendan one more time what was that bad boy's name Uh, that's sleep near thank you i won't remember that that's okay (laughs) not a not a huge character in norse mythology (laughs) other than being odin's steed but a huge character in our hearts oh yeah one of my favorites personal favorites i think i think loki is that horse's mother if i'm not mistaken oh yeah i can't keep up with all this <laughs> loki's gotta make decisions what is he what is he you know he's everything he's every creature he's whatever he wants to be yeah uh so yeah I, I was about to go and like launch into the actual story but we we will save that go on <laughs> uh yeah that that giant white horse it blows these wispy clouds out of its snout and uh, they destroy the the bonds that are pinning the emperor to the tree. And uh, the tree itself starts to slowly recede back down into the tar pit below him. And uh, the emperor is freed from the tree as the giant tar lake like closes in. And all that's left is like a tiny little small crack on, in the ground where it previously was. Mm-hmm. And that horse lowers its nose down to the emperor and at first he's kind of hesitant but then like gratefully rubs the horse on the nose gives him a good little pet because he was a very good boy oh yeah um and it plops down to the ground and like starts scratching at the earth like beckoning the emperor to ride it um which i would have done right away i wouldn't have oh yeah to ask so long if this horse like approached me like that, I'd be like, yeah, yes, let's go. Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> you have a plan and I'm for it. Uh, the emperor, he, yeah, he's like, all right, well, we'll give it a shot. Uh, he stares like deeply into 
this horse's eye and then climbs aboard. And this epic music swells as the the tiny little emperor rides on top of this gigantic fucking horse. It's very cool and very metal. Oh, yeah. It actually did seem like a a scene out of heavy metal. Yeah. Like I could I could you could take this and put it in that and it'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) It's also like a scene out of like the never ending story. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Only I'm not extremely bored. Uh, Shots fired. Anyone who likes never ending stories wrong. I don't really care for it, so I'm not going <laughs> to I'm not going to go. Oh, Brendan. Oh, my how, God. I can't. How believe could it. you? <laughs> That's an 80s joint, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. I haven't seen it since I was like very little 80s kids movies. They just I they do nothing for me because I'm not from I mean, just as I'm sure that like 90s kids movies do nothing for children, not from the 90s. I've never seen the Goonies, Brendan. I think I've told you this. Before. What? The Goonies holds up. The Goonies is a is a classic Never seen adventure it. tale. Not even once. Yeah, well, you're you're missing out, I think. But you know that's fine. <laughs> you, you don't. It's have now to. reached the point where like I feel like I shouldn't because it's like that gets rid of like one of my like two truths and a lie kind of things where I could be like <laughs> I've never seen the the Goonies. That's got to be the lie. Everyone's seen the Goonies. The Truffle Shuffle. Come on, man. I don't, I don't even really know what that is, but I know the character was named Chunk. Yeah, he just lifts his shirt and kind of like wiggles his fat around. That's really all it is. I've done that, but yeah. nobody's celebrating me for decades. That's the truffle shuffle. <laughs> they will eventually once this podcast <laughs> ends 40 years in the future. Yeah, people will be celebrating me talking about the truffle shuffle in a way <laughs> in a very non-informed way because I, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> Um, yeah, he gets on this, this big badass horse and, uh, the horse races out of the black spiky forest and he's running across the land towards some misty mountains far off in the distance. He's covering a lot of ground very fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But he's a big horse, you know, he's got big steps. Yeah. And he's got eight legs. That's the way it works. Very fast. Wicked fast. Uh, climbs up the mountainside and uh, the emperor is surprised as they like pass through the cloud layer that's surrounding the mountains. Mm-hmm. Um, and the horse just charges on towards the tallest mountain in the distance. It literally looks like they're not even on land anymore. They're just like soaring on clouds, which they might be. It's, it did seem to me that they were in like a different plane here. Yeah. Like uh, so. this mountain exists outside of like Earth reality. Yeah. It's some kind of, yeah, like Mount Olympus, but mm. with all the deities. Yep. Um, yeah, it uh, cli- it runs towards that tall mountain and it skids to a stop just in front of this large staircase. And the emperor hops down and looks up the stairs into a cave above. And the horse blows air at him and like pressures him to go inside. All the cool kids go in the cave. <laughs> uh, that's where we drink beers and smoke cigarettes all the cool kids you say (laughs) everyone (laughs) uh he walks up the stairs and the horse (laughs) the horse literally sinks down into the clouds behind him and is gone when the emperor turns around to look at him it's (laughs) it's funny like i in most (laughs) 
most times this bit happens on the show, like a show, the emperor turns around and the horse is gone and you're like, where'd it go? But we literally saw it just like sink down into it. Like a, like an elevator took it down. Yeah, through. The I clouds. love, I love any time in a cartoon where a character moves without like being animated <laughs> where they just like slide the frame like yeah. behind something. <laughs> oh, it was really good. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the horse sinks down and the emperor climbs up those stairs and he enters into the large cave and walks into the darkness and he stops and looks up at these three large statues that are in familiar shapes to what we've seen so far in part one of The Birth of Evil. Mm -hmm. And the camera pans over these statues that are the faces of Ra and Odin and Rama. And uh, the emperor keeps walking into this dark cave, but suddenly a high-pitched whine bursts out, and three very old monks appear before him, floating in the air, and they're covered in, like, this bright white light. Mm-hmm. And they're very well animated, like the flowing cloth of their, oh, yeah. like, their, their geese. Would you call them mm. geese? Would they be geese for monks? I'm going to call those robes. Yeah, well, let's not get into it again. <laughs> we'll go with robes for now i don't know if we're gonna get another chance yeah i don't know if they're gonna (laughs) settle this score (laughs) so yeah robes uh the way those are animated very nice uh for the entire time the monks are here oh yeah um the emperor is looking up at them and he watches in shock as they like float apart from each other and then open their eyes revealing not eyes but like large orangey starfield nebula eyes yep and in a flash He is now, the emperor is now floating in orange deep space. Yep. And before him, the gods, Ra and Odin and Rama are all just towering over him. They're fucking huge, just floating in front of him. Oh, yes. Orange. And we know they are because we've seen Ra compared to Jack. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's established already on Mm -hmm. this TV show. Um, The emperor kind of like takes in his surroundings and then the gods speak directly to him. You have been chosen. A force of ultimate evil has resurrected itself on thy world. This evil must be destroyed. Only through the strength of the human spirit and the virtue of human righteousness can this evil be vanquished. Some familiar word salad that we've had on other (laughs) moments of this show. But yeah, explaining to the emperor that, yeah, human righteousness will vanquish this evil foe. Um, Brendan, why are I why are humans the only one that can defeat this particular incarnation of like the the evil force like the ancient evil force like is it because it crashed on earth that like humans are the ones who have to do it because we know that these gods can do it themselves if yeah they really wanted i'm to. not sure about that <laughs> actually maybe the gods have been weakened in some way or maybe they have like a a code where they they since they fought it so long ago it's like a, a double jeopardy kind of thing they can't yeah. fight it again can't be tried <laughs> twice for the same crime <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, they thought that they had finished that guy off, but then new evidence came out that kind of further linked. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Crime. I don't know why they I couldn't just do it. They could have just done it themselves, but they're too busy floating in this orange nebula to 
even be bothered. Maybe they don't exist in the physical plane anymore. Uh, that's possible. Yeah, I don't know. So they can't They're, do it. Maybe. They, I don't know. You know why they can't do it? Because the script said they couldn't. <laughs> Lazy writers at it again. <laughs> I could have wrote this show in my sleep. Uh, these episodes are very well written. It's very good. <laughs> it's a very cool, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, they're... All three of the gods, their eyes light up and they blast the emperor with like these bright beams. And he kind of convulses in like the same way that we've seen Jack do when he gets blasted with like electricity, which mm-hmm. I think is kind of fun. Um, and he's hovering in the middle of all three of these beams and a ball of light emerges from his chest and floats up above him. And uh, that ball of light is surrounded by the three old monks that we just saw a moment ago. The implication that I'm taking from this scene is that those three monks are the three gods. Did you get that at all? So I was unclear now if he ever actually even saw the gods as like the gods or if like we saw them because we know that that's really who was talking to him. Yeah. Uh, Or if. Yeah. So you think he maybe he was just always in the cave seeing the monks and we're seeing what's actually going on. I think that's possible that, yeah, the gods were just like personified as the monks in this cave. Um, and it would line up better with the original story of the sword that we were told yeah. in the very first episode. Because like the three powerful monks created it. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think if <laughs> the emperor had been through this experience where like he actually like was visited by like this giant bird man and a, and a guy with six arms and like a huge guy with an eye patch and like a big winged helmet. Like you'd think he would have described it that way instead yeah. of saying like the monks made my sword. He wouldn't even need to recognize the gods for what they are. He, yeah, like right. you said, he could have just described them physically. Like, yeah, there was a, that guy had a bird for a head. <laughs> <laughs> he was riding a, a crocodile. It was insane. <laughs> Wild. Um, yeah, it's unclear. Yeah, unclear to me what he actually saw. But I think you and me are sort of on the same wavelength as far mm-hmm. as that's concerned. Yeah, I, I like to think now that the the monks were the gods. Right. Yeah, that was just like their vessel to talk to yeah. the emperor. Um, the monks are surrounding that ball of light and they lift up these large like spectral hammers and start banging away at the ball of light with their hammers. Uh, all the while with like the laser eye beams of the gods enveloping them, which again is like another suggestion to me that like the gods are the ones, obviously they're the ones literally crafting the sword, but like they're making like this image of the monks, like hammering Mm -hmm. away at a ball of light. Um, But uh, in that ball of light, we start to see a very familiar. I've done this about a million times too, in this thing, like we see a thing that we've seen before. It looks like something you might recognize. I think we've talked about this bad boy before, Brendan, but uh, <laughs> maybe once or twice it's come up. Is it something is it something we've seen before? I don't know. Let's, <laughs> don't find, know, let's out. find out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I hate everything about this podcast today. <laughs> uh, it's going very well. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Uh, a uh, I've <laughs> I've lost my place because I'm a dumbass. <laughs> uh, um, a familiar shape starts. to Yes. Take yes. That's what happens. Thank you. Uh the monks deliver one final strike and then the screen goes black and in a burst of light, there's a brilliant, brilliant glowing sword floating in the air in front of the emperor. This <laughs> brilliant white sword radiating 
and it's it's that it's that sword that we know and love mm-hmm. and it floats over to the emperor and he sees his reflection in the blade he still looks like shit he's like still all torn up and like yeah. his hair's undone he's like covered in goo he's not looking good i do like the way they they uh drew this scene i guess is the word i would use where where we're seeing his reflection in the sword because it reminds me very much of like legendary swords from like guild wars where they have like a weird texture in the blade like one of them is like a, a starry sky and when you swing it it leaves like a, a stroke of the the stars and i was like that's like a this is turning into a video game again and that's a legendary sword <laughs> got special that, shaders on it that sounds badass yeah oh man maybe i should have played this back in the day I don't yeah know, you should opportunity. have there's two of that's them there's one that's like a sunrise and one that's a sorry night is there a guild wars 3 is that no. a thing nope guild wars will 2 there, has had will there three be? dlcs there could be i think guild wars 2 is still very popular though okay um i wouldn't know but <laughs> you've you've said something that has piqued my interest in a way that has never been done with guild wars 2 so i will i will find uh you some some video of that sword and you can check it out i'll check it out thank you um the gods speak again and the gods are interesting characters um odin speaks with like many these and thighs and like very lofty speech just like the lava monster did back in that episode which is weird because that's like an old english thing and he would not have spoken english i think they're just trying to make him like sound epic by giving him (laughs) loftier words yeah (laughs) Yeah, and Ra, he speaks, which we did not hear him speak at all in nope. Jack and the Minions, which was f- very funny because Jack directly asked him a question. <laughs> he just uh, stares at him and floats away. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I'm starting to come around on that episode a little bit, if only for that moment. Yeah. Um, but Ra speaks and he's got this he's got this big booming voice. As he should. I think it's appropriate. Yeah, for him. It makes sense. Uh and Rama is actually voiced by the same exact voice actor as Ra, uh, which I looked up because it is a white guy doing both of these voices, which, you know, like they wouldn't have a white guy voice, a Indian character doing a very stereotypical Indian accent. That's a thing. That's a thing that we've argued about a lot in this society of ours these days. And it's not the first time this show has done it. I not the first think. time they've done it. And yep. last time it made me feel icky. And this time it also makes me feel icky. <laughs> but that's okay. It was 2003. <laughs> Different time. Everyone was allowed to be a little bit racist. <laughs> I've seen Avenue Q. <laughs> uh, yeah, they explain that the sword... This is, you know, just more of this this goop about virtue yeah. of righteousness. I don't know. They go on forever and ever about this <laughs> They're just bullshit. expositing. Yeah. We get it. They explained it was formed from the emperor's own righteousness, is what they say. And um, the sword can destroy the evil force, but they warn him that that evil force's magic is very tricky. And Rama says to him, trust not what you see, but what you feel. Mm-hmm. Yawn. <laughs> you trust your instincts. They're going real Star Wars. Never give it. up. Yeah. <laughs> um, the emperor takes up that sword and he holds it high above his head and a glowing energy field surrounds his body and his tattered rags are replaced by this glowing white suit of samurai armor, which is extremely cool. And I want it. Yeah, it is very cool. <laughs> and he does this thing that I'm, I swear I've seen in a video game 
when you get a new weapon where it shows a bunch of different angles of you swinging the weapon around. Brendan, he practices his stabbing as his son would do years in the future. <laughs> yeah. But I swear I've seen like these exact shots. I cannot place what game it was. Hmm. But but there is a game that does this every time you get a new weapon. Yeah, he's posing. He's got to hit all of his poses and make sure that this this armor and sword really yeah fits him. Uh, and I would say yes. I, yep. He'd walk out of the dressing room and I'd give him a thumbs up and nod my head. <laughs> but the montage would keep going for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Say yes to the sword. <laughs> um, the cave now like just completely fades away around him and he's standing like atop the clouds under the giant moon behind him, just like floating in the clouds. Yep. In this moment, I expected it to go like full cartoon and have him just like start plummeting. Yeah. <laughs> and what what was going to save him? Would it be the horse again or yeah. a, ter- a pterodactyl like we've seen several other times on this show, but pterodactyls only exist in the future. They only exist in the past when pterodactyls were actually a thing. And then in the future where for some reason there are gigantic dragon pterodactyls. That actually, know. yeah. Uh, and I, just as you were saying that came up with a theory about that. Hit me. Hit me. Uh, maybe Aku is able to recreate life that he has taken before. Uh-huh. Maybe he's repopulated the dinosaurs because he thought they were so cool. He thought they were badass and he felt bad about what he did to that yeah. one triceratops that like sunk and died <laughs> and we watched it slowly die. He's like, no, nah, humans and aliens I'm going to eat. But these like these cool like lizard things. He just really likes reptiles. <laughs> like, Let's bring those back. Or maybe he welcomed in dinosaurs from some sort of dinosaur planet. <laughs> Space dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Will we find out? <laughs> Time Unlikely. <laughs> Probably not. That's one that's probably not going to come back. I don't think we're going to get the answers on that one, but I would love them. (laughs) Not going to happen. Yeah, he's standing atop the clouds, and uh, a puffy white cloud forms beneath him, and uh, he stands on it and like kind of looks at this little cloud and then swings his sword and starts to fly fast above the clouds like Goku riding on his Nimbus cloud. Yep, I think that's exactly what it's getting at really the only comparison that you can and should make. <laughs> well, I mean, you could also go to the source material for Goku. Mm, I don't, I, that's too many layers deep. <laughs> Sticking fair. at this one, scratching the surface only. <laughs> um, yeah, he's flying on this cloud and he sinks below the cloud layer and flies down the side of the mountain and then soars across the land below him into the rising sun on the horizon and it cuts to commercial. Mm-hmm. Cuts back, he's still flying on this cloud. He flies past like that black spiky forest and uh, his eyes are focused dead ahead of him, but we're kind of seeing his thoughts as he's thinking of the soldiers in his home being destroyed by Aku. Mm -hmm. And he also has a vision of his wife, Jack's mother screaming. And so he gets like filled with determination and flies a little bit faster on his cloud. Yep. He's got to save his lady. That's, that's really the driving thing. He's like, all my soldiers are dying. Oh crap. My wife is there too. Oh shit. I got to have this kid. (laughs) Um, Flies all the way to the valley where Aku is still just ransacking the city and laughing and towering over everything. Yep. He just spends most most of his time hands held high above his head, like laughing maniacally, like not actively <laughs> doing anything. He's having a grand old time. This is, yeah, he finds joy in this. 
Uh, and it's the first time he ever got to do it. You know, this is like his. Yeah, it's Aku. Baby's first steps is Aku destroying the Emperor's city. <laughs> and the Emperor flies on that cloud and heads directly for Aku's body. But he like spreads his torso apart into like a little circle and the Emperor flies right through it. Yeah, that was that was uh, weird, but but also pretty cool. A little odd and like a move that I don't think we've seen Aku ever do before on this show. If he could do that all along, like he could avoid a lot of strikes from Jack and yeah, a lot of the he would be practically have. untouchable if he just did that all the he time. Just, yeah, create holes in his own body before anything touches him. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, but the Emperor flies right through him. And he turns around on the cloud and flies up to meet Aku face to face, and uh, Aku. Is like, oh, he actually says, what what form of insect is this? Yeah. Um, but he laughs when he realizes that it is the emperor. He's like, oh, this fucking guy again? <laughs> he goes, oh, it's you. <laughs> We've like been he's here not even, before. He doesn't even care that the emperor escaped from this dumb thing. He's just like, oh. <laughs> no, yeah, doesn't question it. Oh, you, right. Okay. <laughs> not interested in the story. Just, yeah, <laughs> thinks it's very comical that the emperor would would try round two with Aku. <laughs> um, and the emperor, he says that he'll defeat Aku with the power of righteousness. There's a lot of, the word righteousness comes up maybe like six or seven times in this one, even just part two of the birth of evil. Yeah, it's basically like Kingdom Hearts dialogue, except instead of friendship, oh, it's righteousness. <laughs> Uh, similarly nauseating. I'm so sick of them like bloviating <laughs> about the virtues of the human spirit and like all this bullshit. This is where Jack clearly learned those values from too. Cause his dad is like one for one saying all the lines that we've heard Jack say. Oh to yeah. Just before. on and on about righteousness. <laughs> well, we get, get it. it. <laughs> You're not that good of a guy. <sighs> <laughs> I'm annoyed. <laughs> but of course, Aku like, is barely even paying attention to this this whole speech and just laughs it off and says, no, like, we've already covered this. Like, no blade that you have on Earth can possibly hurt me. And as he's giving this explanation, the Emperor flies down and cuts through Aku's side with his brand new magical sword. Mm -hmm. And Aku lets out a scream. And Brendan, we hear the same exact scream at least three or four more times th for throughout the rest of this episode. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I love, I love stuff like that. It's like they recorded it once and they went, great job, Mako. Now, can you give us another variation on that? And he went, my throat sore. I think I'm done. <laughs> no. <laughs> he just leaves. That's not in my contract. <laughs> Walks out the door. Um, it was very funny. Like I had, I was literally like counting on my fingers, like trying to like see how many times this exact <laughs> scream came up and made it like hard to focus on the rest of the episode because it was so funny to me. You're just waiting for it. <laughs> Say the line, Bart. <laughs> um, yeah, he screams and bends down to look at that gash in his side, which burns away as we know can happen with magical weapons. Yep. And this is uh, last week <laughs> I mentioned uh, when the eyebrows were floating on the tar pool, that there were two scenes that I wanted to talk about with the eyebrows. This is the second one sure. because Aku's face is like hanging down from the top of the screen <laughs> and the eyebrows are still burning in the still same direction. Down in yeah, the they're same, burning yeah. downwards. <laughs> like, 
instead of floating up into like his eyeballs like oh shit i shouldn't have put yeah. myself in this position yeah or they like or they could have like rotated around his eyes and just been like covering his mouth while he's talking <laughs> <laughs> i just thought it was so funny the way that his head is just like perfectly vertically upside down on the yeah. on the shot and his eyebrows keep going the, the way the eyebrows would. stay consistent with yeah <laughs> what they do when he's upright yeah that is very funny um that's just aku's form you know it'd be too yeah too much for his eyebrows to respect the law of nature and how fire actually works <laughs> and uh, yeah and as an animation thing that would be very off model and you oh, don't yeah. want to do that no and yeah it would it would burn his peepers yeah <laughs> <laughs> that would be a great bit though if he like went really to go upside down I was like ah, ah. Ooh, ah ooh, ooh. <laughs> that would be really good um, no but he's looking down at that that big gash in his side and he's not sure how this is even possible uh, how can this be this sword was forged from the strength and power of the human spirit it represents all that is good its purpose is to destroy you. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, yeah, right. Sure thing, nerd. I've heard this shit before, <laughs> although actually to this point, he's he probably hasn't. That. Yeah. <laughs> no. But eventually he'll get sick of it with how much Jack likes to go on and on and how much now I'm going on and on about how annoyed I am with every time we have to hear this bullshit. Yeah, yeah, it happens a lot. That's just the show. They're very righteous dudes. Yeah, that's the brand. Aku, yeah, he's he's had enough of that explanation, and he charges up his laser eyes and fires off a bunch of shots at the Emperor, but he zips around on his cloud, dodging these shots and, like, deflecting them with his cool new magical sword. Um, And he takes another big swipe at Aku, and uh, Aku lets out a big yell, which, again, is the same exact yell that he did earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. I'll probably insert that into the episode audio right now. Ah! There it is. There it is. What'd you think? Brandon? Pretty cool. Thanks. Yeah, I liked that. Yeah. And here's Kirby breathing in. That one I didn't like as much. Yeah, not as cool. Um, What do you think Kirby's powers would be if he ate Aku? I think the only visual difference he would get would be the eyebrows. You think so? You don't think he'd get the horns? Yeah, he would get the I horns. I think he'd too. get the yeah, horns, right. yeah. He'd get the horns and the eyebrows. And then maybe the laser eyes? I think probably the laser eyes, yeah. That would make sense. Probably the laser eyes. Because, well, now what you have to do, and Brendan, you've opened up a can of worms that I'm not even sure that you meant to. <laughs> but what you have to do now at this point is fill, actually fully create Aku as a fighter in Smash Bros to like think of what his entire moveset That's true. would be and then pick from that. Well, I guess actually all you really need to know is what his, his B would special be. Special is. His yeah, neutral B. True. Yeah. And I think probably laser eyes. That makes the most sense. His neutral B. Yeah. And you could like hold them to Maybe charge him up like a, a higher power blast. Yeah, because it's either that or he would shoot fire from his hands. And uh, I think that's not as fires played as interesting. out. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And I don't even really hardly associate that with Aku in the same way that like I think the signature, maybe the signature Aku attacks are the laser eyes and then like some sort of sonar spiraling beam kind of oh, thing. Oh, yeah. Like the two things I think of as Aku attacks. Mm hmm. 
hey, you know what, Brendan? I was really worried about you having said that and like opened up a potentially <laughs> long discussion and we figured it out pretty quickly. Yeah, it was actually not so bad. That was Turns out not when bad at all. When there's 90 Smash Bros. characters, you can, you can oh, start God, to figure no. out the pattern. Man. Kirby's predictable at this, at this <laughs> point, even though he can literally be anyone. We know what he's going to do. <laughs> you excited for that new Kirby game? Oh, yeah. I, I, I could be. We'll see. Time I love, will tell. I love will Kirby. I, will I like the game? I don't know. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, the Emperor flies by Aku's face, and uh, Aku, as Aku, does his very first shape-shifting and turns himself into a dragon, uh, which we've seen several other times on the show, but this is like a unique style this of is dragon. new dragon. Aku's yeah. been every dragon, every dragon that exists. Yeah, Aku's this one's done uh, more winged serpent than any of the other dragons that we've seen so far. He's got these big chompy jaws, like this this big like shark mouth thing, like mm-hmm. this big old chomp. I don't know. He's fun. I like his big chompy jaws. Yeah. Um, and he bites at the emperor with those big old jaws. Um, and Aku, the dragon, yeah, in his big old dragon serpent form, he lets out a big roar into the air, which is just that same scream again. <laughs> he doesn't even <laughs> roar. He just does the, ah! <laughs> it's really good to me. Um, and he chases the emperor's cloud and takes like a bunch of chomps at him with that big chompy mouth, which is a phrase I've now said like six times. <laughs> and, uh. They're flying around the city and they like plow through some buildings as they go. <laughs> like like Superman fighting uh, at the end of the, that, that new era Superman movie. Just, yeah, not like caring about the collateral damage. <laughs> Just smashing up the Denny's. Moe's bar and then it explodes. Oh, God, no. <laughs> That's like my fourth Simpsons reference on this episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to let them keep going. I'm sure I could come up with another one. I understood a few of them. That's all I can ask. <laughs> uh, he uh, has the emperor like in his jaws. And just as he bites down, the emperor like flies out and dodges that attack and then cuts his big old dragon head off to which Aku makes that same scream sound effect. Yep. Um, and his body collapses and uh, starts to shift. Like we can kind of see it hidden behind like some wrecked buildings in the distance but it starts to shift into a new shape and briefly it looks like that same octopus that we've seen him be mm-hmm. before it does that for like half a second yeah he's trying to decide he, he changes his mind on that one it's this is all new to him like he's yeah that one he hasn't tested it in the field yet um it's not ready for deployment but the one that is ready is this big old hairy spider mm-hmm. big old nasty round body spider with these big pincers and yeah it's literally hairy like it's the first time that we've ever seen Aku have like fur yeah uh it looks very much like the spiders from don't starve i don't know if you've ever played that yeah i see what you mean yeah i was like hmm i wonder if that's where they got the design not not samurai jack obviously (laughs) oh you never know there's time travel involved so it's true (laughs) written by time travelers (laughs) that's right they were from the future you know uh Yeah, he's this big hairy spider that catches the emperor by surprise and like stabs through his cloud and the emperor lands on the ground. So the cloud's gone. Yep. Rip. R.I.P. The cloud. Yep. That's where I store all my data. I was going to say soon we'll all be in the cloud. So don't be sad, Brendan, because we'll (laughs) all be there soon enough. I was keeping all my my chimps there or apes. What are they? The fuck are they? They're apes. 
God damn it. <laughs> if you're going to be part of this yacht club, you have to know what kind of monkey we're, look, we're looking at JPEGs of and claiming that they're special. Well, monkeys aren't apes. Isn't that the whole Oh, yeah. You know what? Now I fucked up. <laughs> Fuck all that shit. Anyway, we talked about that last week. I'm not going to do it again. Yeah, we don't have to do it again. <laughs> or two weeks ago. I don't know. My time, my perception is all messed up here. <laughs> what year is it? <laughs> Who am I? Who are you? Uh, yeah, he's a big spider. He gets rid of the cloud and the emperor is running on the ground away from this gigantic grinning spider who's chasing after him. Um, Aku loves being this spider. Yeah, he's having a great time. So it's weird <laughs> that he never did it again. I know he had, he had so much joy as the spider. Um, although, you know, we, I think maybe he enjoys other shapes more. Like we've now seen him be like a scorpion mm-hmm. several times. And that is, that seems like his like number one go-to, like the stable of Aku shape-shifting, like the scorpion is front of the line. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's one of my favorites too. Oh, certainly. Yeah. Especially when he had Jack's sword as his stinger on his tail. That was very yep. good. Um, But it's a spider this time and Aku is having a great time. Um, the remaining soldiers that are in this city, uh, they see the emperor coming, uh, being chased by this giant spider and they scatter and uh, the emperor grabs one of their horses that got left behind and he rides away from Aku who keeps chasing him. Mm-hmm. And Aku gets his big spider body above the emperor on his horse and goes to body slam him. But the emperor dodges that attack on the horse and um, Aku just like starts rapidly stabbing at him with his spider legs. Um, but the emperor hacks them all up with his sword, blocks all the attacks. He's getting in some good shots on Aku, and he lets out this big old battle cry like he's really invested in this fight now. Things are getting very serious. Oh, yeah. He's getting heated. Aku manages to knock him off of this horse and send him crashing like through a building, and he gets up, and most of his armor has now been torn away. Um, There's like just a little bit of it hanging like off of his shoulder, but like he gets out from this building and he's got like no more helmet. So we see like his little ponytail and yeah, his big burly uncovered shoulders. Mm -hmm. And like in this moment and for like the rest of the episode, he just looks like entirely like Samurai Jack, which I, yeah, yeah, I enjoy that a lot. Yeah, it was a cool, it's a cool like connection to when we see Jack fighting. Uh, the only yeah. thing is I kind of, he doesn't do this, I don't think. I could be wrong, but he doesn't like rip off the rest of the shirt. No, yeah, no, that that remains. Um, that's that's a signature Jack move. Yeah. <laughs> His father has too much modesty and won't, you know, he won't give up like all the goods. I can't let, I can't let Aku see my nips. <laughs> I'll be ruined. I've got weird nipples. I don't want anyone to see <laughs> And that third one, oh, how embarrassing. <laughs> um, yeah, the emperor runs at the spider Aku and uh, the Aku leaps up into the air and lets out a yell, which I'm sorry to say is a different yell than the ones that we've seen in this episode. So though that that joke is over. They're breaking the pattern here. Um, yeah, he jumps up into the air and like explodes his body into a thousand drops of black rain. This is this is probably my favorite part of the episode is what we're about to discuss right here. Mm, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Explodes his body into like a million black drops that fall to the ground and start slithering into the leftover armor of the fallen soldiers in the city. And those, the armor 
that starts to animate and like rise up off the ground. And the emperor is now instantly surrounded by an army of these black faceless soldiers. Um, and as he's looking at them, Aku's grinning face pops into each of these soldiers' helmets. <laughs> I liked these soldiers until Aku's face showed up. I was like, this is super cool. Like, this is the most badass thing Aku's ever done, and he should definitely do it more. And then his stupid grinning face shows up on all of them. And I was I, like, ah, oh, yeah. suddenly, <laughs> suddenly it's less cool. <laughs> and that's just I goofy. Thought it was, I thought it was really goofy, which made it so good for me. <laughs> uh, you know, Aku's too vain to not let all of these soldiers, every single one of them, have his face. He's got to do that. <laughs> This is I mean, it, we're talking it's, about. It's hilarious. Don't get me wrong. I just thought it was much cooler before they all had his face. It made them a little less badass. That's, yeah, that's fair. Um, Aku looks much better in this armor than he did when he was wearing Kronos's armor a yep. few episodes ago. Yeah, he looked real dumb in that. He looked really stupid in this one. He still looks really stupid, but like, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, from here, Brendan, it seems to cut to a second commercial break, which I think is a first yep. on this TV show. It is. Yeah. And I noticed that as well. Um, I wonder if I wonder why they did that in this episode and not in last week's episode or the first part of this. Yeah. Um, maybe like they figure more people are watching in the second half, like people came in late and so we can squeeze a few more commercials, get some more of that sweet, sweet revenue. Yeah, because this is like, it's definitely more exciting than what happened in the first episode. While the first episode right. was like really epic and, and right. great, this one is definitely more like action packed. So people are more likely to sit through more commercials to see like how it goes. Yeah, I don't know. Or maybe like if they did play these like all the way straight through without like playing the Samurai Jack, like instead of like literally having them be two separate episodes, oh, yeah, up, you're like, right. you and me, but like played them straight through like like a full length mm -hmm. movie or whatever. Um, maybe they had to take like several commercial breaks because it wouldn't it wouldn't have filled the time space because it didn't have the right. intro or that that recap. Oh, OK, yeah, that yeah. makes sense, actually. I don't know. It just yeah, it 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 only stood out because I'm pretty sure this has not ever happened. No, it could have it happened. It, it could have happened in the opening movie and I didn't remember it. But I feel like with <laughs> how closely you and me pay attention to the stupid bullshit like this yeah like, like we, pro like, we probably would remember <laughs> yeah i think we would i, I don't believe that it has happened because i think in those first episodes uh was when we were still pointing out every time a commercial break happened we still do it right. pretty consistently but i think sometimes we'll we'll skip it but i don't think and i did notice it like you did in this okay. episode okay. i was like that's a second commercial right there like i'm glad i wasn't going crazy yeah <laughs> um well anyway it cuts back from this second commercial break Historic, groundbreaking moment on Samurai Jack. <laughs> Two commercials in one. Uh, think of all the Beyblades they sold. <laughs> this might have been a little too early for Beyblades. Uh, probably Nerf guns, yeah. Yeah, that's that sounds better. I was going to say Gak, but that would have been on a different that's TV Nickelodeon, channel. right? Yeah, they wouldn't have been allowed to do that. You'd have to flip over to Nick to see them say, Nickelodeon Magazine, please. Ooh, buy it. Anyway. Cuts back from commercial and uh, Aku's, the Aku soldiers, the Aku army, the yep. Legion of Aku. Uh, they're all standing there just smiling at the emperor in the middle of this big, long standoff. And then all of the Aku start to laugh 
in Aku's voice. Mm-hmm. It's like this chorus of different Aku laughs, like surrounding the emperor from all sides. Um, there's like a really cool shot of like one small panel and like a black screen of like the emperor standing with a sword and then dozens of different Aku panels like popping up around the screen, like all doing different laughs as they pop in in the screen. Yeah, like little uh, clusters of them, like different sizes and shapes just all over. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. Uh, yeah, they're all laughing, but then all at once they stop laughing and they scowl at the emperor and it's time to fight. There's another standoff. The emperor's hands are starting to tremble and he starts to sweat and a single drop of sweat falls off of his head. And as soon as it hits the ground, the Aku army charges straight for him with their spears and swords. And then we get lots of satisfying shots of the emperor just fucking mowing through these countless Aku soldiers that come at him. It's fun to like get to watch Aku basically get defeated again and again and again and again yeah. and again. It's like a dynasty warriors level. <laughs> it's just Samurai Jack the Muso. <laughs> um yeah, just cutting them down, but they keep con- they keep on coming. There's rows and rows of these Aku soldiers, Brendan. Does that do anything for you? <laughs> it does. Yeah, it gets me every time. Good. Yeah, they they just keep on coming and uh like a series of spears seem to like stick into the little bit of armor that is still covering the emperor's stomach. It's unclear if they like penetrate through the armor into like his body, but they do get like stuck. They get stuck in there. Yeah. Uh, I would imagine they don't make it all the way through. Otherwise, he probably wouldn't walk away from this. Probably not. But it's weird. Uh, They're only aiming for the places where he's still armored. Yeah, he's got lots of uh, open spaces. Yeah, I think they go for like his bare shoulder or something. The fight would be over too quickly. We got more to talk about. It's not in the script. <laughs> Lazy writers. <laughs> um, He breaks off those spears, but then more spears stick into his back and he snaps them off too. And he lets out like a huge roar like that did nothing to me. <laughs> I'm invincible. Uh, the Aku army swarms him and he just yeah continues to cut through them like butter. Um, And now he's like a little enraged after that spear attack. And there's this awesome series of these panning shots over still images of the emperor, like after delivering a strike to the swarm of Akus, like the series of shots of, yeah, like the camera slowly panning over the emperor with like his sword, like held high or like coming through the other side of like one of the Akus and like all these torn Aku bodies flying in like every angle of the screen, like away from the emperor. Yeah. It's cool. There's like three or four of these different, like still images of the battle that's going on here. Yeah. It's, it's very cool. This whole battle is very cool. All cool style. His dad only fights cool style as we're learning (laughs) now in this moment. Um, A legion of Aku archers draw their bows and fire arrows at the emperor. And he does manage to cut through some of them, but then like dozens of these arrows stick into his body. Um, It does seem like most of them get stuck in the armor, just like the spears did. But like, also it seems like maybe some of them get like stuck in his, his fleshy bits. Yeah. Painful. Scary. Arrows are scary. Arrows are scary things. Don't play with arrows at home kids. Yeah. But, uh, The Emperor, yeah, even after, like, being blasted with these arrows, he doesn't even, like, recoil at all, and he raises his fists 
high in the air and the camera zooms in on his arrow riddled body as he's letting out like this mighty battle cry, like the biggest one he's made yet. Um, there's also, <laughs> there's also an arrow sticking through his ponytail. Like he's sideshow Mel with the bone sticking through his <laughs> <Yeah>. hair. That's <laughs> very good. Uh, is Jack's dad more badass than Jack? Uh, yeah, I would say so. At least in this moment, we only get the one fight with him, but like, I'm very impressed by what I'm seeing here. Oh yeah. 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 He, this, this fight against, uh, Aku is definitely a lot more intense than any fight Jack has had with Aku. I agree to this point, uh, which is weird. You would think Aku knowing that Jack has the sword and knowing what the sword did previously would really go all out in any fight. Yeah. Um, it is kind of odd, although Jack, I don't know. Jack is also like maybe less badass than his dad, but also like maybe a more well-rounded warrior. Yeah. More versatile skilled warrior. So like fights aren't as intense Mm. for him. Like, I feel like any time that I see Jack fighting Aku, it's like very, yeah, it is very one-sided and feels like Jack consistently has the upper hand. Yeah. And even in this scene, like as easy as his dad is able to like cut through all these individual Akus, like this is definitely, yeah, a grueling fight for him. But it's also the first fight. So like nobody knows what Aku's deal really is. I don't know. Yeah. And maybe Jack had learned all about like what Aku can do. Right. There's a lot of factors that go into this, but I just wanted to acknowledge that Jack's dad is extremely badass. Oh, yeah. Yep. No argument for me. Um. Filled with arrows like like Boromir protecting Merry and Pippin. <laughs> yep. The Emperor continues to strike down all these Aku soldiers, and there's a lightning strike, and then like pouring rain starts, and these lightning strike the they keep striking and like accentuating the Emperor slices through the Akus. They really know how to do like an epic fight scene on this show. They've got us hooked. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like on the edge of my seat watching this. It's what they specialize in, baby. Oh, Those yeah. lazy writers are good animators. <laughs> They're the same people. <laughs> mm-hmm. They all do the same job. That's how it works, right? Yeah. It's it's like a group of three people that make the entire show. It's just mm-hmm. Phil Lamar writing and drawing all the frames. Phil Lamar doing that and then Gendy, uh, you know, doing all the writing and animating and then uh, the boss of the boss the ceo of cartoon network pressing play on the uh, button on the yeah. tv channel that's how it all works that's show yep. business um that was a ridiculous road that we just went down <laughs> um yeah this pouring rain is coming down during this fight now and like the sound of rain pelting off of the armor of the fallen akus is a very nice touch mm-hmm. and the rest of the akus get cut down one by one by the emperor, like he's now reaching the f- the final moments of this fight. And there's a single Aku that like slowly backs away from the fight. And he's the very last Aku left. And that the hulking emperor like looks up at him and Aku drops his sword and runs away screaming in terror, which is fun. That's also a moment we don't get out of Aku a lot. Yeah, no, he's he's turning tail. He's usually just full of spite, even when he's like a little rodent and he's like, I'll get you next time. <laughs> um, but the emperor yells at him and says, you will not escape. And he hurls his sword at Aku and pierces him through the back. 
and Aku tumbles to the ground and uh, his body gets sucked up into the blade of the sword like we saw happen in, actually twice now, I believe. Yep. Um, Aku's body is in the blade and the blade is now like jet black, but it has two little Aku eyes on the blade, which I think is very funny. Yeah. Um, the emperor raises the sword above him in the pouring rain, and he says, let the sword forever banish this evil abomination. And he stabs the sword straight down into the ground, and Aku's black essence drains from the sword into the earth, and his voice calls out and says, I will return. I wonder if he will. We'll have to see if that comes back. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> I don't know. Time will tell. Uh, I guess Jack's dad kind of fucked up because like, and, and this is, it's interesting to me in this moment that like he does plunge Aku into the earth and kind of like seals his own fate for like later on. Yeah. He he puts him back where he was like, that's not, I don't know. I don't know what else he could have done though. But he didn't know, like, yeah, he didn't know what to do. He didn't know that the lesson was like, no, the way that you get rid of Aku is like, you just chop him all up and burn away everything that he has. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess he may probably could have taken that lesson based on like all the damage that he's already done to Aku at this point. Yeah. Um, But he doesn't know. And this is why it's interesting that like the two times that Jack has gotten Aku like on the ropes and ready to deliver the final strike, Jack like has to slap the blade to the ground and leak him out and yeah, then free him from the blade him. before he can do it. Yeah. So I guess maybe his dad like taught him that or like whoever taught Jack this because Jack wouldn't have learned that from his dad at like such a young age, mm-hmm. um, but learned the lesson like, no, do not plunge him into the earth. We've tried that. He'll just come back. In in five to ten years, in, in only a couple years, despite <laughs> being at least like hundreds of millions of years old, but seemingly much more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he plunges him into the earth in the sword, and the emperor is kneeling with his sword held in the ground, and then a giant gnarled black tree bursts up from the earth, which is that same tree that yeah we've seen in the opening episode of Samurai Jack that Mm -hmm. birthed Aku again in the future. Um, Yeah, this tree sprouts from the earth and the emperor looks up at it and the rain stops and some beams of sunlight start to creep in and the darkest days are now over for the emperor and this entire kingdom of his. And there's the sound of a baby crying in the distance. (laughs) Just like the timing on this is absurd. Yeah. Uh, The emperor walks through the wreckage of his city and he sees his wife, Jack's mother, surrounded by her handmaidens who are like bowing to the emperor as he enters. Um, And she looks like a little disheveled and a little dirty, but otherwise unharmed. And in her arms is this crying little baby boy. Baby boy. Who is that baby, you think? Uh, I wonder if we'll meet that character. (laughs) Wouldn't it be weird if it was Aku and when he said he would return, he was immediately resurrected or she, like reincarnated? She holds out the baby and it's like facing away from him. It turns around and it's Aku's face. It's got two little flaming eyebrows. He goes, hey, dad. <laughs> oh, and then roll credits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just think it's funny that like 
she had the baby during the fight. This exact same thing happened on um, Legend of Korra, where oh, one of yeah. one of the characters is pregnant and like living on this island, and like someone comes to attack the island, and then like right before they get there, they're like, "Oh no, I'm having the baby now!" And like that's the end of the episode. It's like <laughs> very just absurd timing. I don't know. Every time this happens, I think it's very funny. <laughs> There's a little baby boy in her arms and uh, she smiles up at the emperor and uh, the baby turns around and we see its face. And of course it's little baby Jack. It doesn't look anything like Jack, but it just no. looks like a little baby, but we know it's Samurai Jack mm-hmm. and uh, the baby's crying, but uh, his father walks up to him and uh, baby Jack stops crying and smiles up at his dad and he picks the baby up in his big burly manly arms and he smiles at him and then he hugs his son for the first time. What a nice moment. Oh. And together, Jack's parents observe the wreckage of their city. We must learn from this day. We must be prepared should this evil ever return. We must have a plan. And a plan they did come up with, Brendan, which is the plot of... The very first episode of this show. Yep. A plan that Jack really had no say in, but did set the course for his entire life, which is the entirety of this TV show that we've talked about to this point and will continue to talk about for 30-ish more episodes. Yep. But a plan they will have to come up with in case this ever should happen again. And of course it will. And we're reminded as the camera pulls out and focuses one last time on that gnarled tree where Aku is imprisoned for who knows how long. Not very long. Not very long. (laughs) Not long enough. (laughs) In any case, that is how the birth of evil ends. Damn. Brendan, I'm exhausted. Yeah, that was that was tough. Brendan, I've been very excited for this episode for a very long time. Yeah, I keep, yeah pretty much since we started. Or, I keep I referring guess to that. it over and over again, and I thank you for not giving me shit for that. No, that's fine. I got one I'm still waiting for. And I don't even know which one that is that you're excited about, but I'm happy <laughs> for you. Yeah. Um, what did you what did you think of the birth of evil, parts I one thought- and two? I thought it, the whole thing uh, was very cool. Uh, I was very excited to see like this origin story. Uh, it's always fun when you can go back and get this sort of thing. Um, I want, I do want to know more. Like I want to go, like I said uh, last week, I want to go further back and see like what was that thing that would become Aku? Why were the three different pantheons chasing it down? Uh, but other than that, like what everything we did get was really awesome. It was really awesome. And like it does stand out to me as like one of the premier episodes of mm-hmm. Samurai Jack. Um, two episodes, I guess. And like, like I said in another one of our episodes, like I enjoy, I think I do truly enjoy like these moments in the past more than I even enjoy like some moments in the future. Yeah. Um, just because, like, yeah, in the future, any fucking stupid zany thing is, like, liable to happen. But, in, like, in the past, like, things feel almost more grounded, even though we're talking about <laughs> insane magical shit of, like, cosmic proportions. Literal gods and, yeah, cosmic wizards and stuff. 
I just like having that stuff happen in like a world that like I'm not familiar with because I'm not from the time of the dinosaurs or like the ice age or like the time of feudal Japan, but yeah. like is a is a thing that like I can wrap my mind around instead of like insane future world where every planet now every from everyone from every planet is coming to earth and, yeah and they're selling hot cats in a hot cat cart <laughs> uh, it's definitely cool yeah to see like what this world because it's supposed to be like earth but not really obviously uh it's cool to see like the 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 development of the city that jack lived in like from right when dinosaurs were in the valley to like cavemen walking around and then all the way up until basically right before the show starts right um this is a kind of episode two, like the kind of flashback thing that I would be okay if I were to like watch all of Samurai Jack again. Uh, I would be okay like starting with this and then going into the opening movie. Like I, that, I don't think it requires too much knowledge of what happens no. in the show. Yeah, certainly not. Um, it like doesn't have to. I feel like it doesn't have too many. Yeah, like wink, wink, like. Don't you know this is what's going to happen in the future? Other than like, I feel like the end where it's like we have to prepare just in case Aku ever comes back, which of course mm. he does. Yeah, yeah. Um, but other than that, yeah, it is kind of like its own self-contained kind of like origin story that yeah, like doesn't rely on too much of that other stuff. So I definitely think yeah, you're all right it would about really that. do is like take away the shock value of seeing like Odin for the first time or like Ra. <laughs> right. You wouldn't be like, wait, what the hell, like. <laughs> Also, like, hey, why do they look shittier in these other episodes <laughs> than they did so long ago? Uh, but yeah, it's, it was very well done. Uh, I was excited to watch it all. I'll probably also probably just like the fact that they. I also just like the fact that they like decided to like flesh out the fight of like Jack's dad, the Emperor, versus Aku, because like it's the story that we know. Mm -hmm. Um, but like they didn't have to like present it to us. Like yeah. they kind of explained and really even just like thinking back on the way they explained it, like they didn't really fudge too much of it. Like it was all kind of like played out in the way that they said it did. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a little bit more fantastical than the right. original story. But even then that, that is maybe even just a byproduct of the way the story was told afterwards. Right. Like maybe he just left things out or maybe he told it to somebody and when they wrote it down, they left things out. Like, right. Uh, it could just be things that were lost to time, but now we're seeing how it actually happened. Insane. Yeah. Like I said, events of like cosmic proportions and things that were all observed through the eyes of literally only one person. So like mm. having to like retell all of that would be, a very difficult task, I think, yeah. but it seems like he did a decent enough job. And like I said, like did a good enough job to like, make sure that people knew like the way that we defeat Aku is not to plunge him into the earth. Like there are other steps that need to be taken. You would have think the, the gods would have mentioned something about that. You would have thought so. Like why, why does the sword absorb Aku? Is that something Aku is doing or is that the sword doing that? I think, it's got to be the sword because the sword's explicit purpose is to destroy Aku. Like the, mm -hmm. the sword solely exists to defeat this evil dark matter that mm -hmm. like the, those gods knew of from like their own fights. Like yeah. it, it exists for that one purpose. So like, I'm, I think that was something that was built into it. Yeah. It um, seems like it was, but it, like, if that's not how you do it, 
why does it do it? <laughs> and then why does it, why is that the thing? Yeah, I yeah. know. Brendan, there are questions answered by this episode mm-hmm. that I'm happy that we finally got. Uh, all the gods are real. Yep. We've seen them throughout different portions of the show and question like, well, does every like religion and like every ancient pantheon of gods exist? And it turns out, yep. Seems like it. They're, yeah. they're all here. <laughs> we also kind of figure out where Aku came from and kind of like what he is. Like you said, like the questions still remain of like exactly what he is and like where they came from and why the gods like knew what it was mm. and we're trying to stop it in the first place. But at least we know like Aku is an alien from outer space that like mistakenly found his way to earth. Right. And yeah. like how he was born by some kind of ill-advised magic. <laughs> <laughs> we also, one of my questions that I've had many times over and over again is like when Aku gets like torn to shreds and is like left with nothing, how does he keep regenerating himself? Mm-hmm. Um, seems pretty simple that like, he just like probably has, he probably even has like one of these black bubbly tar pits in his house that we go to all the time. Yeah. And he's I'll bet like you he feeding has people to it. Exactly. Yeah. All it takes is like the death of anything to like mm. help him grow in power and like generate more of his own dark essence. Yep. So like every time Aku gets destroyed, he probably just goes on like a killing spree. Yeah, like that weird bath thing in Dune that the the big guy hangs out in. Same exact thing. Yeah. We also have some unanswered questions, which are like, like you, like we've talked about now a few times, like what the actual deal with like that dark essence was. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have unanswered questions of like the rules of the sword that were presented to us in Jack and the Zombies. Yep. Like we go on a very long rant about how this sword is created from the righteousness within the emperor and how it's the, the good human spirit that is filling its blade with magic. But like never is it mentioned that the rules of the sword are, and also it can't hurt good people. Yeah. (laughs) See, I still don't like that rule. Still weird. I, I still, well, I still buy that rule. Like that rule still works for me, but it, the moment doesn't work for me. Cause like still to this point, there's never been an explanation that like, yes, yeah. this is, this is how it works. It was only established the one time that it mattered. Exactly. Um, so that moment still has its ups and downs and they'll never make up for it. <laughs> no, no, no. We, we won't, we will never find out why they know that. Like, <laughs> Right. How they figured that out? Did they try to kill someone innocent with it and it didn't work? Let's let's see what this bad boy can do. Yeah. The <laughs> emperor got really drunk one night and angry at some peasants and tried to kill him. Couldn't do it. It just wouldn't happen, no. I guess, Brendan, the one of the bigger questions left for me now is why did the solar eclipse summon Aku? Why is that what led to Aku's rebirth? And again, like, <laughs> only a few years, like less than 10 years after his imprisonment in this tree. What was it about like that solar eclipse that was able to like fully reform him in this world? I don't know. The only like connection we got to that in this episode was when Aku formed, he blocked out the sun. 
Yes. Uh, but I just took that as because he had sleepy eyes and didn't, it was too bright. <laughs> oh God, someone turned that thing off. Yeah. He just, he just looks like, I don't know. Like he like basically closed the blinds on it. It's I like, hate Mondays. <laughs> I'm so hungover. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that just, I mean, it still doesn't make any sense to me. And like, I don't think that anything that happened in this episode, like explains why that's no. how that went down. Like, and I, that's another thing that I don't think will ever, I think they just wanted to have like a cool moment of a eclipse with a bunch of yeah. crackling electricity and introduce the big bad of this show. But like, I got questions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I have no idea. Not a clue. I don't know. I don't think we'll ever find out. Probably not. Um, but I was at least thankful for the questions that were answered. Mm. But all in all, the birth of evil parts one and two, very, very good episodes, you know, certainly some of the most important episodes to this show's like lore and story and mm. history of oh, this yeah, world. Yeah. I would say up to this point, definitely like the biggest like yep. lore dump that we've ever got. Yeah, for sure. Um, and also, I think just like some of the better episodes of this TV show, like I think they were just both extremely well made. There were some parts that like I didn't like, like the over explanation of the mm. righteousness and some of that stupid shit but like everything i don't know okay brendan here's the final final bit of this review that i'm gonna present to you right now are you ready i am ready part one or two? Ooh, part one why uh because i thought it was i love when they do like long stretches without dialogue because when they do have a lot of dialogue we get scenes like where they explain why the sword is so righteous for what feels <laughs> like 20 minutes yeah. Um, and I just thought like the, the the progression of like Earth with Aku on it already was really cool. And then to actually see like the birth of Aku towards the end of the episode with yeah. like the arrow making the little flaming eyebrows on the pool. <laughs> and then just like I really loved his stretching too, like when he's stretching and he comes out and he's like flexing. And uh, we didn't like linger on it when we were talking about it, but he does this like scene that's really close to his face and his eyes are kind of like going all over the place he's just like looking left and then looking right and then what's just going like, on here yeah what did i do <laughs> last to, night trying to figure out what happened <laughs> uh i just thought it was it was uh more interesting to watch where part two was just more epic i think i definitely agree like i i would take part one over part two overall mm. um i think the I'm I think I'm more of a sucker for like the big badass fights that happen on the show than you are. Like I think I'm more interested in like the hardcore fights. Mm -hmm. Um but like I so I think like the latter half of part two was maybe like maybe my favorite part overall, though the big the parts where like we're seeing the origins, the black goo on earth is really good too. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, it's just like the whole part of them creating the sword and going on like the never ending rambling explanation like that shit has <laughs> I, I'm so over it by now. <laughs> um, but the two parts together, a truly special episode, and I'm very thankful that we finally have gotten to this point. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Um, I, I'm a little bummed, though, now that we've done it, because like I know me too. You, you've been so excited about it. I feel the same way. <laughs> and now, uh, like know. now I'm like, there's one more episode left in this season. 
what could the finale be? Oh my God. Can you even imagine <laughs> how let down we're going to be next week? By no matter, and it could be a great episode. It could be the return of the Scotsman and I'll yeah. still be like, yeah, hmm. there is it was no fine. way. Just absolutely no way it's going to live up to like any yeah. expectations that we have. Like, oh, now I'm like so ready for what comes next. It's like, well, the know. show has never really put a lot of weight on the season finales, though. Uh, it's it's always kind of been the, the episode before the finale that's been like really cool. Jack's shoes. Yeah, Jack's <laughs> shoes was the finale. But the episode before that was Jack and the Spartans. Yeah, I know. Wasn't it? Like, right. Which was really cool. <laughs> Yeah, extremely epic episode, and yeah, followed by Jack's Shoes, which was also a great episode, but like yeah, but just a bizarre season finale. Yeah, they don't care. Not something to go out on, I don't think. So next episode, we're going to get like Jack enters a DDR contest. <laughs> that would be... We already had Jack in the rave, so I don't yeah. think they're going to kind of go for that similar aesthetic, but... Uh, you don't think some, some punk nerds in an arcade are going to give Jack shit, and he's going to have to like school him on the, on the dance floor? Jack enters like the tennis world tour and because it becomes a tennis champion and has to beat Aku in the championship match. Jack plays Mario Kart. These all sound actually like really good ideas. So maybe we should stop <laughs> so we can write our own fanfic. Our Samurai then... Jack fanfic. Exactly. These are all golden ideas. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was the end of episode 37 and 38. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Birth of Evil part one and two. I know there are other good episodes that are coming up in the future that like I am looking forward to, but yeah, just like you said, I am kind of bummed that like now we're past that moment that I was super excited for. The but big I'm, one. Yeah. I'm still excited for what comes next and really excited to get to season five to like gauge your reaction. That's like one of yeah. the things I'm now looking forward to the most is like, what is Brendan going to think? I think I saw the first episode and okay. maybe the beginning of the second one. Okay. But not very much at all. There's so much that you don't know. Okay. Um, no emails this week, uh, or last week, technically, I suppose. I don't know. Time yeah. means nothing. No um, emails for this recording session. That's that's how we should phrase that. Uh, <laughs> gotta recap at gmail.com is the email address. Uh, let us know what you think of Samurai Jack, Cartoon Network, our podcast, uh, anything in those categories uh, we would love to discuss on this show. So thank mm-hmm. you ahead of time for emailing us. Uh, just a heads up, we do have our season three uh, yes. best of recap coming up pretty shortly. So if anybody wants to send in their top episodes of the season, they can feel free to do that at our email or on our socials. And uh, we may we may include something like that in the episode. Yes, definitely. Let us know where like season three, uh, like how the episodes fell for you, like your favorite episodes, your least favorite episodes, any overarching thoughts you had, like those are fun. I, as much as I like to like compare and contrast our thoughts on those, I also like to see if like how they line up with Mm -hmm. the fan base as a whole. So like, please definitely let us know what you thought of season three and we will be sure to touch on that on our season ending recap. That's coming up very soon. Very soon. Uh, Right now it's three weeks, but by the time you guys are hearing this, it will be only two. Time. So, um, at gotta recap on social media, follow us there, uh, and also head to Apple podcasts and Spotify to drop us a five-star review. Uh, that is extremely helpful for the show. Help us out, please. Uh, Brendan, like I already said to you, uh, I'm exhausted. That was a marathon of a recording session that we just went through, but I'm glad that we did it in this way.
almost as long as our game of the year podcast. I think that was game slightly year, longer, though. Yeah. That was slightly longer than that. This feels like so much longer because we talked about two episodes. So like, it, was, it was more substantial rather than just talking about like, what <laughs> I played this game. I like and I when Mario it. jumps. <laughs> Why can't Metroid crawl? About that Metroid. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay. I got to decompress and ride out the rest of this raging blizzard that's going outside. I haven't checked on it in a while. How's it I haven't be? either. I don't know. My window's closed behind, beside me because it's too cold to leave the blind up. Uh, I got news for you, Brendan. Still bad. Oh, I kind of figured. But you know what's hopefully still going to be good? Is it? Is it Samurai Jack? Samurai Jack in next week's episode in particular. Uh, so we will see all of you then. Thank you all so much for listening. Goodbye. Bye.